Hello and welcome to episode six of the podcast series, Mum, You've Got This. If this is your first time listening to the podcast series, you could go back and listen to the intro episode, which will explain more about the series, what it's about and why I've started it. Um, the episode today uh, is a lady called Julia. Um, I might call her Jules. I'll mm. alternate probably between. Um, I know have known Jules for... Oh, geez, probably like 15 years, I think, since I first moved to Melbourne. Uh, we know each other via her sister, Lil or Liz. Um, and it's I'm really excited. I keep saying this, that everyone's incredible. And they all are. Everyone who's been on the episodes so far are incredible. Um, but definitely today's no exception. So Jules has got a lot of layers to her story. There's a lot to unpack. Um, so we're going to start that. Um, and there's just a whole range of things that, yeah, that are going to come out today. So it's really exciting. Um, and thank you, Jules. I'm going to, I'm going to call you Jules. You're Jules to me. Sorry. Everyone calls me Jules. (laughs) We'll go with that. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Good. I'm glad. (laughs) Let's start first. Um, just tell us where things are at now as in your family dynamic and your life and what you're kind of doing now. Absolutely. So I am a mum to two beautiful boys, William, who is six years old and Ryder who is four he'll be five in a couple of months um we I have a beautiful husband so there's the four of us with um a beautiful puppy Holly she's actually 14 now so she's not actually a puppy anymore (laughs) but um we uh live in the north in Warrandyte in Melbourne I've lived in Melbourne my whole life um and I guess we'll we'll go into the details of, of my career and where it's led but um I I always wanted to be a mum and when I had my two beautiful boys, my eldest who is autistic and the reason behind my business um, has led me to this amazing journey of not only discovering who I am, helping my son, but helping everyone else as well. Mm-hmm. Cool. We'll definitely talk Touch a lot that. about that. <laughs> so tell us first about, um, I guess, your career path and your journey just pre-children, maybe from coming out of high school to where yeah. you kind of led up to the decision to fall pregnant? I am, um, after year 12, and uh, I was sort of not really sure what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. I, and I think there's so much pressure, pressure after year 12, you sort of like, you have to know. And, mm-hmm. and I didn't at that point. And I have friends to say to me, I still don't know what I want to do. You know, yeah. um, I, I thought, do I travel for a little while? Um, you know, I, I liked, um, personal training and I like to keep fit. So I didn't know whether I wanted to go into that field. Um, I loved my, my job. Um, after year 12, I sort of fell into, um, an accounts role within a law firm in the city and, um, loved the people. My work was, um, it was hard, but I also had a really good boss and I loved the people that I worked with. So, you know, I, I got paid really well for what I did and I had this amazing bond with all of the, the people there. And I stayed at this job for nine years. Oh, wow. So I was in the accounts department um, doing admin. And, and that was in, in the city, in Melbourne. And that company folded. Um, it We were all sort of made redundant. And then I was looking for the next thing. I mm. still didn't know what my thing was, what mm. I really wanted to do. Um, and I did get another job um, at another law firm, which is quite big in the city. But all while this was happening, um, obviously, I had my husband um, had been with, I met Andy when I was 20, 
two, mm -hmm. I think. Um, and for as long as I can remember, I always wanted to be a mum. Mm. So, you know, I, I, I thought that was my job. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to be a mum. And while this job in accounts, I had my friends there and everything like that, I just wanted to be at home and fall pregnant and just be that stay-at-home mum, you know. And, and, and I'm fine with saying that. I, I didn't want to return to work and get into the workforce after having my babies really quickly. It wasn't yep. something that I was you know, eager to get back into, I was, you know, yeah, as I said, I just wanted to be that mum and stay at home and, and do the, you know, the things that you do at home. And, and that was my, you know, Had my you thing. always and, felt that way or was when it, the closer that it was coming to be a potential reality, you started to realise, okay, this is just what I want to do? For as long as I can remember, it's what I wanted to do, yeah. you know. Um, when my husband and I met each other, we knew we both wanted to have kids, um, and he had a, a, a very well-paid job that I, I knew once I got pregnant that I was wouldn't okay. I wouldn't to have to work. return back to work. Yeah. So in my mind, I was like, you know, I, I can't wait to have this baby. You know, I, I didn't have that. I need to get back into work. Um, as I said, my other job fell through and I, I found another amazing supportive um, company. Again, I was in the accounts role of a, of a law firm, but I didn't love it. It yeah. wasn't, I woke up and I'm like, I've got to get, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um, what I do now does, and we'll talk about that, yeah. I'm sure, later. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, as a, yeah, like I, I think I just wanted to um, finish up work and yeah. just, just be that mum. I felt like that's just uh, what I wanted, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we're all different. There's nothing yes, wrong with yeah. that. And I think it's so nice and refreshing to be able to say it. And for me to feel comfortable to say, I was that mum that knew I couldn't stay at home exactly, all the time. Like, exactly. and there's nothing wrong with either of it. It's Absolutely. whatever you want to do because it's your life. Yeah, like. exactly. And I've got friends that are like you and the yeah. complete opposite to me. They were just, I can't be that mum that stays at home. And you know, yeah. I needed to get back into the workforce and do things for me. And yeah. Um, I knew at some point that when my um, my children were older, there was going to be something that I wanted to do and yeah. find my passion and that sort of thing. But, um, you know, thinking back, I I was happy to sort of finish up in the accounts role. Yeah. You yeah, know? yeah. 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 I wasn't sort of like, I need to get back there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so the decision, so you guys got married yes. first, right? So, yeah. we, no, we actually um, had my eldest, William. And he was eight months at our wedding. Oh, that's so. Lovely. Yeah, we sort of had William in 2013, married in 2014, yeah, and my youngest in 2015. Okay, so so talk <laughs> us through then the decision to start a family. Yeah, and so then falling. Yes, um, I didn't know back then how hard it would be to fall pregnant, and you hear the stories of it happening really quickly for people, and it being quite a struggle for others and um, as I started to learn about my cycles and, and my months and, and the whole when you need to watch the, the time of the month and all that sort of mm. thing, um, the months went on and numerous tests, numerous appointments that I had polycystic ovaries and endometriosis. So I was Did you know that before? I knew I had really, really terrible periods mm. and I was on the pill for quite a few years when I was quite young, I think from like 14, mm. because I had such terrible pain. Right. And I used to vomit every month. And so this is way back when I was young, you know, 14, that yeah. sort of thing. So I knew that there was something going on, but I never had someone say, 
you're going to struggle yeah. getting pregnant, yeah. you know? Um, I was just aware that every month it was just terrible for me. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, we started, we, we knew we wanted to have a family and, and my husband was the same. We, I might had thought I'd love to have three, but you know, one, if I can have is just going to be amazing, mm. you know? So as the tests and, and if, you know, people I saw, I had, you know, lots of appointments, the endometriosis and polycystic ovaries was something that was going to be making it hard for me to fall pregnant. Mm. And, um, it probably two and a half years it took for me to fall pregnant. Um, and at that stage we had found, uh, a therapist, not a therapist, a, um, PD, uh, obstetrician, sorry, that was, um, going to help us a fertility specialist basically and yeah we we were then thinking we need to go down the IVF path mm. and that was that was our path that's what we so thought. did that take two and a half years for you guys so was that every month were you yeah so, so you're going through that every month so to... yeah so two years and then it was um okay IVF is yeah. our path you know yeah. we couldn't fall pregnant it took us two years and can we I start, ask how old you were at this time? I would have been 20, 28, okay. 28. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, that was hard because every month I was, you know, trying to make sure that I was doing the right thing and it became, it didn't become fun joyful. And, and joyful. Yeah. It was just like, and, and I was still trying to, you know, be myself and go to all these appointments and that sort of thing. Um, and so we, we had our specialist and he's like, well, IVF's your path, I think. So yeah. we started doing all of that. There was police checks and counselling and there's a lot to IVF. Mm. And any anyone listening that's been down that path will know that um, it's pretty, pretty hard, stressful, and um, there's a lot to it. It was, yeah, about two years that the day of our counselling, I just had this feeling inside me like mm. I'm going to do a pregnancy test at home. And it was positive. Unbelievable. So I don't know if it was my body was just relaxed. It was like I'd accepted the fact that mm. IVF was our path and yeah. that was the way I was going to, to meet this beautiful baby. Yeah. And it was positive and, yeah, I, I just cannot believe that, you know, I saw that that little, oh. you know, positive after two and a half years. You it's know? crazy how common that story is, yes. people that struggle for so long and then it's almost like once you go – you kind of internally go, okay, I'm giving up on this and I'm moving on to the next thing. That's not going to happen. So now I'm shifting my focus over here. Yeah. Um, obviously this doesn't happen sadly every time yes. for people, but you're the fourth person I know that that exact story really? has happened. Yeah. And, and I think it's, I think it's right. It's like people think, well, we've tried everything, Yeah. you know, um, and, and your body almost relaxes. And I probably did happen for me without me really realizing, you yeah. know, I had read so many books. I'd tracked my my temperature and cycles and I'd been to naturopaths Mm. and GPs. And, you know, it was a long road. So so after that two and a half years, I was just over the moon. You know, I knew I was going to be finishing up work. I knew that I was going to have this beautiful baby. We found out what we were having. I wanted to know what we were having. And we found out it was a boy. And I had an amazing pregnancy. I was not sick at all. Mm. I I loved being pregnant. Um, And... 
I, I, I just felt happy. You know, yeah. it was like this is this just, is what's meant to happen, yeah. and here I am. So, do you have? Did you have any counselling or help um, emotionally through that time? Just yes. even prior, because obviously two and a half years is a long time when you really want something. In. Yeah, absolutely. I did. I did see. Um, I did go to some counselling and see a therapist, and probably for a couple of months. Yeah. You know, um, once a week where. I'm an emotional person anyway, but then all of these layers that we'll, we'll talk about is just just made me probably even more of an emotional person. So it was me somewhere for me to go just to, to talk to someone that was just a random person that yeah. didn't know my life and yeah. could help me get through it. And, yeah. you know, I think back to the times where the people close to me, like a good friend just got pregnant like that. Yeah. And I remember she told me, and I was so, so happy for her, but I just burst into tears. Mm. This is when I was trying to get pregnant. And mm. I I felt so bad because it was her moment. Yeah. She was sharing a beautiful moment with me. And it was like, well, two years on and it was still not happening for mm. me. So there was a lot for me to deal with. There was a lot for my husband, Andy, who sort of thought, well, you know, we've tried. And he, he you know, accepted the fact that it was IVF. And yeah. so... I felt the counselling did help um, and probably could have maybe gone on a little bit longer, mm-hmm. seen, seen this therapist a little bit longer, but um, that might have been later towards me actually falling pregnant. Like It was not long before I found out that I was seeing this okay. therapist. So, yeah. um, so once you fell pregnant, you were probably like, right, I don't need you anymore. I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I can, yeah, I'm happy. I'm good, yeah. you know. So... Um, but counselling's yes. good, right, don't you think? I feel like like I've had counselling sessions before. I did it after my second miscarriage and I've had it before to manage anxiety and all kinds of things. Absolutely. And you can't, like, I remember my husband saying to me, because I came out of one of the sessions after my second miscarriage and I was like, finally, like, like a weight was off my shoulder yeah. and he's like well what did they say what did they do like how did they fix you yeah, yeah, he's like yeah. I've been trying to fix you this whole time and I couldn't <laughs> so what did what did they say and it's like they don't really actually say anything it's just a place that you can go that's yes. you're completely in a safe secure space that you can talk to someone that has got no idea about any other people Absolutely. or anything in your life and you can just sit there and just go blah yes and it's just I feel like sometimes in those sessions you start talking and you're like, yeah, okay, I didn't even know that was going on. Like That's right. Once you start. And they open the doors for you that you thought you might not have been exactly. touching on or working on. And you do, you walk out feeling like, oh, I can do this now. I'm okay. Yeah. You know? yeah. 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 It sorts out the 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 scramble, Yes, I reckon, yes. in your head. It's yeah. kind of just, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So fantastic that you feel pregnant and yes. you had a good pregnancy. Yes. And, yeah. Yeah. I, and I did. And... Yeah. I, um... I was not sick at all. I loved being pregnant. I loved seeing my belly grow and um, I was still able to sort of exercise and, um, you know, didn't have any weird cravings, that sort of thing. We went private, so I was having my, um, you know, obstetrician see me privately. Um, everything was great. He William was 10 days over, um, yeah. but at that stage he um, his heart rate dropped, so I ended up having a cesarean. I wasn't um, planning natural, planning cesarean. I didn't have, I just wanted this baby to come out safe and Mm -hmm. that I was okay. So, yeah, so he was 10 days over, but he was beautiful and everything was, it was just like, oh my God, I've waited so long to have you finally in my arms, you know. So it was just 
just special. And when I was home, I think at day four, you know, when they say the baby blues come. Yeah. And, um, I remember getting home and I just had a few tears and I was just like, I can't believe he's finally here. It was sort of tears of joy, but yeah. tears of, I've now actually got this baby and he's all mine and yeah. I have to do everything for him and yeah. all this sort of stuff. But I I was just content. I, yeah. I, I was able to breastfeed and, and, and I loved that I was able to do that. I breastfed him for 12 months and I didn't have any issues, thankfully, with that. And... Um, and I was happy knowing that I was going to have these early years with him, yeah. you know, that yeah. my husband was going to return to work. He had a little bit of time off and, um, and, and I was just happy. I had a mother's group that was amazing yeah. and I just started to really just get into motherhood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So had you quit your job? Did you? Yes. Before? So yeah. I, I basically took the 12 months mm. maternity leave okay. and at that stage I was in my mind, um, not going back, but I was still keeping my options open because mm. they were really supportive. They were great. Um, and I wanted to keep in contact with them just mm-hmm. in case anything, you know, I needed to return financially, things like that. Mm. So I would always keep in contact with them, but I, I wanted to have another baby. And because of what happened and how long it took, mm. I was like, well, we should just try whenever we can yeah. because I knew I wanted to have another one. And if it was going to take two two years again, you know, mm. I was like, I'm just going to be at home and I didn't have to return to work, so I wasn't going to, you sure. know. Yeah. 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 Okay. So we'll talk then about William and I think it was around 22 months that yes. he was tested. Yes. Or... So I knew William was a little different and, and I can say that through our mother's group, um, where the other kids were sort of meeting their milestones and sitting up and um, pointing and reaching for things. And we had about 11 in our mother's group and and William just wasn't there with all these sort of milestones. And um, I didn't really know anything about autism um, at this stage. And he he was delayed in his walking, he was delayed in his crawling, um, his speech wasn't there. So we started to, um, you know, I was aware of it, but we were sort of like, you know, these things, every child develops Mm. at different stages, you know, it it will come and that sort of thing. So did you have a maternal health nurse? Yes. And, and I was just going to say that this maternal health nurse, um, was crucial in our diagnosis of Mm. William, basically. Um, we had, our 18 month checkup, um, which is around the time that my second son Ryder was born. So this was the 2016. So yes. Oh, so, I didn't know. Okay. So yeah, you need to tell that. So, so if I can take really you back quickly. to, so, um, William was born in 2013. I had a beautiful wedding to my husband in 2014. Right. William was eight months at our wedding yeah. and it was just amazing. And, I got pregnant quite quickly with yeah. Ryder and I was really surprised. Um, we we didn't care when it was going to happen, but we just thought, you know what, I'll, we want to have another one. And we were so surprised. So there's 19 months between William and Ryder. Yeah. So I was just ecstatic. I just could not believe that it just happened so quickly and so easily this time after yeah. what we've been through with William. So um, that was just amazing. I had another perfect pregnancy. I wasn't sick at all. 
But as the months with Ryder, um, my belly wasn't really growing. Um, I was stayed with the same obstetrician and we were doing the monitoring, checking heart rate, that sort of thing at every checkup. Um, and we knew he was small, but we, I was being monitored and that sort of thing. Mm. So, you know, as the months went on, we weren't worried. I was still feeling healthy. I wasn't sick. There was nothing sort of to worry about. Um, 36 weeks scan with Ryder. Um, it was noted that he was very, very tiny. Right. Um, so that obstetrician appointment at 36 weeks scan, at the 36 weeks scan, he said, we're going to take him out in four days time. And I was just like, whoa, <laughs> you know, I thought yeah. I still had four weeks to go. On top of all of that, we just moved house as well. <laughs> so I walked out of this appointment thinking, oh my gosh, I'm having this baby in four days time. I haven't, I wasn't really prepared, um, but I wanted to do what was best for him. You know, he wasn't growing inside me. So we needed to do the right thing. So in four days' time, he was coming out cesarean. Did they know why? Um, the placenta wasn't doing okay. what it needed to do. It wasn't nourishing him. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't providing him with all the nutrients. So, um, I guess looking back at photos of myself, I was. I did have a little tummy, you know, yeah. like I was little, but I, I was like in good hands, you know. I was with a private mm. obstetrician. I trusted him. And I just, just went along. I wasn't sick at all. I, I, I was good, you know. Um, December and January, obviously, being hot, I had, you know, the swollen hands mm. and swollen feet and that sort of thing. Um, so anyway, at that 36-week scan, I walked back to the car and that's when my whole body just basically um, shut down almost. Mm. And I was rushed to hospital at 36 weeks. My husband and Andy actually come come to pick me up and we went straight to the hospital and I had um, developed a condition called HELP syndrome, which is H-E-L-L-P, and it's basically where my kidneys and liver shut down. They say it's a, a more life-threatening, severe condition than preeclampsia. Wow. So this can happen at any stage in anyone's pregnancy. The only way for mum and baby to survive is for them to deliver mm. your baby. And luckily for me, it happened at 36 mm. weeks. Um, so I was rushed to the hospital. Um, we got him out just in time. And I remember... Caesarean. Caesarean, emergency caesarean. I literally emergency. I remember them, you know, putting all the things on my tummy while I was still going to sleep like at mm. this point there was lot, lots going on and um we got Ryder out and he was he was okay but he went straight to the special care nursery and I remember my husband going out to my family and saying Ryder's okay but Julia's not she's not okay and everyone was why what's going on with Julia no one knew at this stage what mm. was what was going on so Ryder stayed at Waverley Private in, in a private hospital here in Melbourne and I was rushed by ambulance to Knox Private where I spent four days in intensive care. Mm. Um, I needed to stay there to get strong and healthy and my body get better. Um, as I said, my, my whole body shut down and my platelet levels were really low and 
I didn't know anything about HELP syndrome. I'd never heard of it before. Mm. Um, They say it's more um, common in your first pregnancy, whereas I didn't have it in my first pregnancy. And everything was a blur to me. And it still is very real and, and raw for me even four years on. I I probably haven't really dealt with it 100%. Um, you know, my husband and I handle things a lot differently and he was like, you survived, right? I survived, we're okay, let's just move on. Mm. Whereas I feel maybe counselling back then or even now would be something that I could still do, who knows. Mm. Um, yeah, four years on, it still gets me emotional talking mm. about it. So I, um, once I was good enough and, and I left intensive care, um, I went back to the hospital that Ryder was in and he was good. He just needed to get healthy and mm. big and strong. So he, um, he was tiny. He was born at 1.7 kilos. So, um, he's basically the size of a 31 week old. Mm. Yeah. So he was just tiny, tiny, um, I'll never forget the day that I was fit enough and healthy enough to go home, but he wasn't. Mm. He had to stay there, and it was just the most hardest mm. thing, leaving him at the hospital. And um, <laughs> I knew I'd get upset. <laughs> um, so he stayed there. You're doing very well. <laughs> <laughs> he stayed there for four weeks, um, and I was at home. And I knew that he was in good hands. You know, he was in the special care nursery and they were unbelievable. They Mm. were incredible. And I went in two days, sorry, two times every day for four weeks and breastfed him. And I'm so lucky that I was able to, that my milk came in and and that my my body got back into feeling feeling good enough and that I was able to feed him. Mm. So I had amazing people around me that would drive me in because obviously I had a cesarean and I couldn't drive. So for four weeks, yeah, in the morning, in the morning, I think around 11 and then around three o'clock. Mm, so I do that yeah. twice a day for four weeks until he hit the, the magic two kilos mm. and he was able to come home. So, um, it would have been like, what can I do to get whatever I can into exactly. this breast milk to like, oh fatten this my baby gosh. <laughs> yes. So he was being, I was able to breastfeed him and then he was also, um, being topped up as well, yeah. you know, and, and, and look, honestly, they were just unbelievable. Um, I had friends that come in as well and just sat with me while I fed mm. him and, um, yeah. So all while this was happening, um, can I ask a couple of questions? Absolutely. Before first? we go on. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so the help syndrome. Yes. Had that, like, had that started bef- like much before, this 36 week period? Like, did you have that, like your whole pregnancy? Possibly. I don't know. And that's the thing when you read about it and, and a lot of people told me, don't read a lot about it on the internet because it's, you know, it's pretty bad what you read. And Mm. and as I said, I didn't know anything about it. Um, I probably had symptoms, but they were hidden. Mm. I didn't know. I, I, as I I said, I felt fine. Mm. Um, we had him in February. So December and January, it was hot. And I probably yeah, okay. did have the swelling of the feet and hands. So is that similar, the similar symptoms to preeclampsia? Exactly, yeah. So it would have started as preeclampsia. Right. And, it, and it, I don't think it was that was with me for long because mm. the HELP syndrome came just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And as I said, at 36 weeks, I walked back to my car and that's when my whole body shut down and I had excruciating chest pain, um, vomiting. So within 15 minutes, all mm. these symptoms started to, to come. And my obstetrician at that time didn't know what it was. Right. Um, and a lot of the nurses at the hospital didn't know what it was. Um, as it's in not they've never common. heard of it before, or did yeah, they just... Yeah, they just, they didn't mention it. Um, I had one of the nurses think, um, oh, maybe she's got gastro or something. I'm like, this is not gastro. Mm. This is just not gastro at all. And I was, yeah, really, really, this chest pain is, is something I, I really remember that it was basically, yeah, my body shutting down and, and telling me that, something needs mm. to happen now yeah. or, or you know there's going to be some serious serious things going on so um my anaesthetist amazing he's the one that come in and said i think she's got help syndrome right and told the nurses i'm an anaesthetist yeah and i i actually rang him a, a year or so ago and he remembered my story wow. he said it was just so unique and i knew you weren't right and i and he knew so that's because of him, he, um, you know, chatted to the other nurses and I hadn't met him before the night that I had him. Yeah. Um, so, no, I didn't know anything before mm. then. Yeah. Um, it was probably all happening later on in my, mm. in my in the stages of my pregnancy, but it just happened so fast, yeah. you know. Um, so when you were in hospital, when you were taken to Knox private, I think you yes. said, so what did they treat you for? Like what medications did you have? Because it was like trying to get your all your yeah. vital organs back working properly. It's such a blur to me. Um, my husband and Liz it was also there and um, – I don't know exactly what they did, but they needed to run lots of tests. Mm. Um, I needed to, um, my, my platelet levels were really low. My red blood cells were really low. So there would have been drips in me and, mm. and I was completely out of it. Mm. You know, I, at that point I wasn't even aware that I just had my little boy. Mm. It was just, I wasn't with him. I wasn't able to hold him. Um, I was in one hospital. He was in another. Mm. And were you I, under when they had... When they delivered him, yes. Yeah. So yeah. did you not meet him until? No. So I didn't meet him. Um, I do remember as I'm being wheeled out to the ambulance, um, Liz and Andy brought him out, and he had this um, bubble bubble wrap machine, like little mask on him yeah. because he was just um, he needed to get warm, and yeah. they just basically mm. put him in front of me, and then and then I was yeah in the ambulance, and and then he stayed in that hospital. So. I remember there's a photo that my husband took um, of the very first time that I held him and it would have been day five. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And then you go through that, oh, am I going to be able to bond with him because it's been five days, mm. you know? And you go through all of that. Of course, at that stage, that was not my priority. It was me getting myself better mm. and, and making sure that he was okay. Um, we had an amazing paediatrician that allowed him to come home at two kilos mm. because he was still tiny at two kilos and obviously I needed to to make sure he was being fed at home mm. and that I was able to feed him at home. Um, so we still see our paediatrician and he, he's an amazing person as well. Mm. So having these people around that saved me mm. and saved Ryder, you mm. know, um, it's, it's definitely been 
the hardest thing and and all while that was happening <laughs> I had other things going on with mm. William as well yeah. and the diagnosis of, of William. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. So um so William was how old when Ryder was born? So he was uh, 19 months. 19 months. Is yeah. 19 months yes. apart? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So what was happening with William? So we, as a, when you touched on the maternal health nurses, we had an amazing one um, locally. We're in Warrandyte and she was amazing. And we had booked William in for his 18-month checkup. And at this stage, there was still, you know, the d- d- delay in his walk- walking and, and talking and that sort of thing. I was in intensive care at the 18-month checkup, mm. so my mum and Liz, my sister, um, ended up taking him to that appointment that day because I was in the hospital, and she saw some red flags at 18 months. The that no- hadn't been brought up before? No. We had moved um, to a different council, so the maternal health, ch- maternal health nurses at the other council weren't really concerned at that point. Um, and thinking back, uh, I guess I was aware, but I was just hoping that, you know, it would come when he's ready. Yeah. And he was such a beautiful, content, gentle little boy. But I, I noticed things like a door would slam and he would just completely lose it. So mm. loud and sudden noises were really hard for him. He didn't like going to people he didn't know. But he slept from six weeks. He was mm. just such a beautiful little boy. He mm. was just... Um, calm you know when he was in my arms but going to other people he he wasn't great um he was perfect at our our wedding he was eight months old and he was just just sitting there at our wedding just you know not a word out of him he was just a very chill (laughs) little boy yeah Yeah. um so yeah the, the red the red flags were you know no pointing um he didn't really have a lot of pretend play he wasn't able to do some of the tasks that the health nurse was asking of him at 18 months and Liz had um, jotted it all down on a piece of paper for me. So when I got out of hospital, I was I was able to sort of, you know, make note of it all. And, and the health nurse said, come back in six weeks when Julia's out of hospital and we'll see where he's at. Yeah. So I was out of hospital and I went back and, and she said, no, I, I feel that, um, you know, there's, there's traits of autism. Um, she was trained in autism um and now at latrobe uni they are training health nurses to be trained in autism to look at the signs early on to help diagnose children early on to be honest i just thought they all would have been yeah Mm. no they're not and 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 that's the thing because now they're picking it up earlier Mm. because they are trained in this they go through lots of um processes Mm. to pick up and understand the signs and and the traits and there's a checklist and that sort of thing so I am forever grateful that this health nurse, and I still email her and keep in contact with her to this day, that she saw those signs mm. and she was on my side and, and, and I was expressing my, you know, my feelings towards things that he wasn't doing and, and that sort of thing. So there was a, um, a course running at La Trobe um, that we she got us into basically and it was assessment at La Trobe where he was formally assessed for Mm. autism and that's why they gave him a diagnosis so that was at 22 months William was at La Trobe and this was um amazing that the health nurse got us into that it was like a three-hour um assessment where they asked Andy and I a whole bunch of questions and they did thorough assessments on his um you know 
the way he would be looking at things, they would ask him questions, um, just just analysing everything. And it was an eight-page report wow. that they gave us. Mm. And I remember getting back to the car that day and I just, I just let the tears roll out of mm. me. I, I just... I had this diagnosis. It didn't change who my beautiful little boy mm. was, but it meant that our whole world was now changed. I had this diagnosis that I knew nothing about. Yeah, really. it's unknown. And it's just yeah. the unknown. Um, and I had a newborn that um, needed a lot of my attention as well. So our whole world was just being turned upside down. Um, and that was in 2015. So, Do you know what? Just thinking, it's lucky you didn't have any of those desires to get back to work because there's no yeah. chance in hell you would have been able to do anything. Oh my gosh, no, I can <laughs> tell goodness. you, I was not thinking of work at that time. There's no chance any of that would have been remotely oh, possible. Absolutely not, no. So, so how yeah. old was Ryder when you had the diagnosis? Three months. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he, he was only little, so he knew nothing, yeah. you know. He was just so tiny still then and he was just... With me, just getting big and strong, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so you got the diagnosis. What got was the diagnosis. The next um, steps. Or can you actually can you explain what autism? Yeah, is? and and that's the thing because a lot of people have heard of it. But, yeah. You know, they don't really really know, I guess, what what it is, and it's a developmental condition in which a child or an adult, for that matter, struggles with the way they can communicate or or their behaviour. Um, there might be certain passions or repetitive actions that they they possess, and um, you know each each child, each adult has different strengths and passions, different challenges. Yeah. And they all need to be supported and guided, and that's why I think it's called a spectrum now. It's mm. ASD, Autism Spectrum Disorder, because there is such a range. They're so diverse in in challenges and strengths mm-hmm. with a child, and. Um, Children are born with it. It's not something that comes mm. later on in life. Um, they are born with it. And early intervention, in my opinion, is the absolute key to helping them fulfill life to their greatest okay. potential, you know. And that's what we did. Yeah. We we got the diagnosis just before his second birthday. And my husband and I sat down and, and started just finding everything and anything we could, building our networks, finding... Um, links online buying books to really you know make ourselves accountable and 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 have the knowledge of what we were dealing with um and give him the best life that you possibly could obviously as well yeah so we started um ot we started speech we started psych and all these you know people and places it took time to Mm. find the right ones um and I just started, you know, reading and, and Googling. And as I said, Latrobe um, have an amazing section at Bandura that's just dedicated to autism and autism treatment and autism diagnosis. And um, I pushed and pushed and I was lucky enough the following year in 2016 to get him into an autism-specific program there. Mm-hmm. And he did that for one year okay. in 2016. So he would have been um, two and a half and it was a program where they used um, the Early Start Denver model, which is a, a program that they really help and break down tasks and goals for each child. And I, it was so amazing yeah. for him. You know, I remember the start of that year, he wouldn't walk through the front door, just okay. anxiety, fear. Yeah. 
and the end of the year there were so many goals that were met and he was just happy he loved his, the people in there mm-hmm. and and he was so little still you know he was three basically mm-hmm. yeah. um and I knew that they were only taking children for one year. Right. It's such a huge demand. Um, there's not many programs in Victoria around like okay. that. So um, I was forever grateful that I was able to get him in. And that was only for one year. So I knew I needed to start looking at the next step for him. Kindergarten, early learning programs, um, all while we were doing speech, OT, that sort of thing. Mm. So we still kept up all of that. And we started doing tours for um, schools that offer prep to year 12, mm-hmm. kindergartens, that sort of thing. And we we felt like we'd made a good decision. We, we'd asked the right questions. We'd done numerous tours for schools. And Liz, actually, my sister, um, ended up coming to this particular school with me and we did a tour together. She's a school and, teacher. And she's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. I needed her there. And sometimes it's nice to have someone there because you – you forget to ask something that's probably important yeah. and you've got another another voice there to ask the right questions. So this particular school we, we had decided on, um, to cut a long story short, was the one that rejected him and denied him a spot on their books. Right. So due to... We, we went back and forth with why and... Um, between myself and the other person on the end of the phone, it was because he was different, because he didn't meet their needs and because he learned differently. Yeah. And um, that was hard. Mm. That hurt, you know, that you, you feel like every child should be given the same opportunity to learn in a mm. supportive environment and they didn't give that to him. They didn't give that to us, mm. you know. They rejected him. They rejected our family and... And that took a little time to get over because I, I, I really thought, but how can you do that? Mm. You know, we, we thought this was the right place for our son. Yeah. Um, and this is a private school. Yes. Yeah. And I, I won't, I won't say the name. Mm. I, I think it was just, it was, it was really hard. And, and looking back, it was probably the best decision because they didn't deserve him. Mm. You know, they didn't deserve my little boy. Yeah. He, he's, He's an amazingly smart, beautiful boy, and he just learns differently. Yeah. And for whatever reason, um, they didn't see his potential. Mm. Um, Their loss. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And it's just brought out so many amazing opportunities for us. I was going to say, it sounds like that. the best thing that happened. Yep. It obviously cut really deep, and it was a, like a total slap in the face and yep. not what you wanted at the time but it's like I actually put something up on the um page mum you've got this yep. facebook group page yesterday did you see it is it the arrows arrow yeah yes. that was your arrow getting pulled back totally I love that quote it was and and I <laughs> I believe that you 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 push down a path for a reason everything yeah. happens for a reason I William is meant to be my son and yeah. I'm meant to be his mum Ryder was meant to we were meant to go through these extremely hard times, but it's made me so much stronger. Yeah. And um, I believe that it's 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 taken us down the path that we were meant to go on. Yeah. And yeah. while you're in that, the dark times, it's so hard to see the light, isn't it? Oh, it's so my hard gosh. to see how, how can this possibly happen for a reason? Like, you know, what what is the reason here? I'm struggling to see it. Yes. But you 
yeah you because you have those you negative thoughts you don't think of the positives and you, you can't you see can't. the positives at the no. time it's like how what possibly good could come from this terrible situation yeah and exactly it does and it did it took a little time but i i just thought you know what I'm going to just start my own thing, and that's yeah. what we did. Yes. Oh, my God. And I just love this. I just – I remember talking to Liz, Lil, yeah. um, <laughs> a few years ago because her and I – like, we used to – in our prime days, yeah. like, early 20s, we'd party together a lot, and I just love her. Like She, we just, she says the exact same yeah, thing. Yeah, she just... was <laughs> – it's just so good. She was always in love with my husband back then. This is pre-her husband. Yeah. It's just – I just used to love it. I just – it was just funny, funny. Oh. Anyway, and I remember, because um, I've kind of gone between living in Tassie and yes. Melbourne and overseas and stuff like that and coming back the last time and her saying, um, I'm going to start something with my sister. And I was just like, go, this is awesome. Oh like, good gosh. on you. And I just love that. I love people going, this is something that's needed. Mm-hmm. It's not there. So I'm just going to do it myself. Absolutely. Why not? What have you got to lose? That's it. What mm. have you got to lose? We we had been through so much and we were just like, if that school is not going to help us, then we're just going to create our own yeah. school. And that's yeah. what we did. You Tell know. us all about it. So I remember the day I approached Liz. So Liz is my sister. She is an amazing teacher and my best friend. And we, um, we were at Knox one day, I think, just having lunch. And after the rejection at this um, school, I, I sat down with her. We're having lunch. And I said, would you like to help William get ready for school? You know, um, I want you to help him make sure he's ready and um, be best prepared to start primary school. And Liz has an amazing bond with William. Mm. Um, there was really no hesitation. Yeah. You know, she, she went home and spoke to her husband and then... It literally happened from there. So mm. we created a school at our home, the bottom level of our house, where William would attend every week for two years in preparation for mm. primary school. So Liz was our educator. She's been an amazing teacher for the last 16 years. And she's just, yep, I'm going to do it. I want to do this. I want to help William. So along these two years, he attended a beautiful kindergarten, a local kindergarten um, for three and four-year-old kinder while we did this program. So we had a great space not being utilised at the bottom level of our house and we converted it into a school. So we had, Liz and I had fun shopping for everything and we had a sensory room for him. Um, We had a wet area. We had a learning area with an interactive smart board and a, a learning corner, and um, that was a place that he went with, you know, every every week with Liz. Mm. And I would say goodbye to him, and he'd go downstairs, and and that would be his school with potty. He says yeah. that's what he calls it. Yeah. <laughs> so he, she taught him and and went through everything from literacy, numeracy, fine motor, gross motor. They did social excursions. Mm. Um, to the hairdressers because he had had a, such a hard time getting his hair cut. Mm. And they all these goals were worked on and met and I have no doubt that the transition this year to prep um, has been amazing because of that, mm. you know. She was just so good with him and, and he loved going down there. It was a supportive place that yeah. he could be himself and she was supporting his needs and and really helping see his strengths mm. and making him confident in himself and seeing that 
he just learns differently, but mm. that's okay. Mm. You know, we all learn differently. Yeah, that's cool to yeah, do things differently. Exactly. Had had uh, Liz done um, any further? Like, how does she know what to do? How does she know to tailor it to his... Yeah, so, and that was the idea that it was individualised, that it was going to be one-on-one. Okay. So, obviously, um, it helped with being family, you know, um, that, you know, he had an amazing auntie and she was, you know, that was my nephew, as she would say. She, um, over the years of her teaching, has taught numerous children with autism and diverse needs and, and that sort of thing. So... When it came to working at an individual program, she sat down with me and myself, my Andy as well, and, and we worked on what we wanted out of those two years mm. to get him to, to school, basically. Yeah. So there was a, a report every term that she had put down for us, and, um, you know, we, we spent lots of time working on the goals. Yeah. So the whole point was that, yeah, it was one-on-one that he could have that one-on-one attention with Liz and he just got so much out of it he just loved it you know so it then got us thinking about lots of things as as those two years went on we we were in articles we're in the paper um the word got out what we were doing and we had so many people emailing us you know saying this is just amazing this is so needed um you know, can can we find out about having my son or daughter there and, and that sort of thing? And, and that is the hope um, in the future. That is yeah. definitely something we want to do. Um, we're just trying to get funding for that. And time and money at that point after the two years with William wasn't on our side. Yeah. So we sort of put that on hold. Um, but it's definitely something we want to pursue because there's a need for it. Mm. You know, there's so... So many people out there that contacted us that said, this is just something that I need, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um, and so the school led us to designing products and sensory spaces as well, which is just now our business, our, mm. our life. And um, we're called William Ready, being William Ready for his next yep. stage in life. And um, my husband is now full-time in the business. My sister's in the business and um, we design educational products um, ourselves and now create sensory spaces for children in the home and in Incredible. primary schools. So it is just amazing where this journey has taken me and, and I sit here and, you know, little old me that's gone through, <laughs> you know, this and it's just come out the other end yeah. for the better, you know. I, I'm so now passionate and and. We talked about before how I didn't really have that feeling of needing to go back to work, but this is my work now mm. and this is my passion. It's so close to my heart now, mm. first helping William, but now reaching hundreds and thousands of other families exactly. and helping them, Yeah, you know? Yeah. It's incredible. So Andy's full-time. Yes. So he quit his... Yes. And he was in a really good, well-paid yep. job. But, he he yep. worked himself up. So he's um, an engineer and he was general manager for um, huge companies over the over his career. And um, we just put everything in. Yeah. We're just like, we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, we, we put all of our renovations on hold yeah. for our house and we just decided we're going to give this our everything because... Yeah. We can see there's a need out there in our products that are very unique yeah. because we've created them. Mm. Liz had an idea. Andy, uh, being an en- engineer, started designing prototypes. Um, 
and then we started getting them so that's out there. It's a perfect combination. Oh yeah, exactly. So we <laughs> all work really well. And the, and the engineer, exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So you know, he doesn't miss that. He he's at home more with the boys, and he's just loving it. You know, yeah. like he's just. Um, it's hard that he's um, yeah, he doesn't miss that that job at all. At all. So what is the business doing now? Because I know I've seen, I follow you guys on yeah. social media and I love all the stuff you're doing and I feel like you kind of, you at like expos. And, yes, yeah. yeah. So building our brand, you know, building the awareness of autism is, is what we, we wanted to do. And, and obviously we, we had all these products that helped William and we wanted to reach other children. Yeah. Um, we have writing stencils. We have... Um, early educational products that are going to help children preschool and also in school. So we've started to really do a lot of expos and conferences where um, Liz and I get up and share our story. Um, I get up and share the mother's perspective and Liz gets up and shares the teacher's perspective. And we've got uh, a few next year that we're presenting at a big one in in March and also in Feb, I think, uh, where we're getting up and presenting in front of hundreds of people and it's just so exciting we we had the opportunity last year to present in brisbane at the autism conference the big one there and um and you meet so many people that are just going through the same thing or that are building a brand and a business that aligns with you when you start building these amazing connections and um which is just so exciting so we yeah we're trying to just get our products into all these with stockists and um, a lot of schools have our products as well. Yeah, I was going to say, so I remember um, Liz showing me the last time I caught up with her, a school that they'd gone into, they were looking at redesigning their playground or something. Yes, yeah, yes. And it made it all sensory. Yes. Yeah. So we've done, um, I think there's four or five schools now that we've gone in and there's been a few spaces, indoor or outdoor, where they've wanted to convert it into a sensory space. And so... Liz and Andy go in and really, really find out what the school wants, how many children, how many children with additional needs, what sort of space, what do, what values does this particular school have, and then we design a space for them. Wow. So these spaces Amazing been, that the school is wanting to yes, do that and, oh, and then approaching you guys and... I know. Your humble and little special absolutely. business, you know, And we just, this. you know, we're just, just so driven and determined, determined, sorry, to just... Get in there yeah. <laughs> and, and just help, you know. So it is. It's very, yeah. very exciting. And we've done, yeah, four or five now. And we've just completed um, a church, actually, in okay. Horsham, yeah. where we've done an indoor space for them. And we've also got some spaces um, in the home for some children that we're doing as well. So a space that they're not utilising at home. And it's very different to the school because, obviously, with schools, you've got to cater to a lot of children. Yeah. Um, whereas the home, you can really, really hone in on what they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but these spaces are where they can be themselves, yeah. you know, where friendships can be made. Um, they can explore and mm. create, investigate, and yeah. where they can, they don't have to be anything but themselves, yeah. you know. So that's what we're trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing I was going to ask you was if you had any, um, like as a mum with, um, you know, I've had, I've had no experience with children with autism. So can you give any kind of tips? I don't know how to ask this question. I, I, I just sort of, you know, if you see, um, just as someone who doesn't know anything, I mean, I know more now after what you've said today, yeah. but say if we're in public and, you know, sometimes kids might be having a tantrum, but it might look like it 
potentially goes to the next level and you don't really know and you're kind of like how do I act I want to show sympathy but you know yeah you just don't know what to do yeah it's a really good question and I get a lot of people asking me because Mm. they're not sure they Mm. don't want to invade their privacy they don't want to seem like they're being too pushy but Mm. then they want to offer their help it's Mm. really really hard Mm. and I have been that mum and it's happens to be at the front of Kmart. I don't know what it is with Kmart. <laughs> a numerous times where I've been that mum trying to contain William with my arms hugging him wrapped around him and he's hysterical mm. because there's too much noise. Something mm. hasn't gone the way that he's wanted it to go and it's just escalated and escalated. And I've had people staring at me and um, I've had other people offer advice and come up to me. So I feel... Just a few small words can mean so much. Opening the door Mm. for someone. Um, An example, just quickly, happened a couple of weeks ago. William was having a really, really bad day when I picked him up from school. And I I was, I could feel myself getting, you know, more and more anxious myself because I was trying to calm him down. And little things kept leading into bigger things and I knew I had to go to the post office after I picked him up I had to get some milk and I couldn't be bothered cooking dinner that night so I think I was just going to get fish and chips or something so thinking back I probably should have just taken him home Mm. you know and got him into his safe place there was a cd in the car that um he didn't want to listen to but he wanted to listen to another one that Mm. was at home and this led to him falling over um, when we got out of the car and it just little things and he was in a bad way Mm. he was kicking and screaming at the supermarket and I picked him up and get everything get to the fish and chip shop and I'm in tears at this stage and I'm trying to pay I'm holding William and I had this beautiful lady in the fish and chip shop come up to me and she put her hand on my shoulder and she said you know it'll be okay tomorrow's a new day um, you're doing amazing. And she opened the door for me mm. and helped me, you know, and, and that, that made me feel not alone, mm. you know. So I, I feel it, if, if someone can do something like that, you know, kindness really matters. Mm. And, and that made me feel supported mm. and it was something that cost her nothing yeah. and it meant so much to mm. me. So um, I recently spoke at a charity event which was all about, kindness and 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 what you can do in the world and there are so many things that just you don't even think about that you can do that Mm. just change someone's day Mm. and that really helped me so I got in the car I wiped off the tears and I just got on with the day and I woke up the next day I was like yep let's get on with it yeah you know so I I feel that you know people people do see those those families that are struggling or or the child's hysterical and, and and it is hard and you're not sure what to do but I feel just Offering those little words of encouragement Just sometimes can mean yeah. so much to That's that to that advice. parent. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, it, it's helped me. Yeah, you know, because I've had those stares of people like, "What are you doing? Contain your son." What you know, thinking I, I feel that those stares that you know you're a bad parent. What are you doing? Your child. Do you ever get in that uh, position and feel like saying he's got autism or like you know? Absolutely, yeah. I feel I have to justify mm. it, and I shouldn't have to. No. I've had times where I've said it's he's got autism, so you know the lights are too bright in here for him, and and that's what's caused him to kick and scream. Mm. And I shouldn't have to do that. No. I shouldn't have to say mm. it's because he's you know he's got a diagnosis of something. It shouldn't be like that. 
I think society though has come a long way in, in mm. accepting different. different. Yeah. Um, because I feel like the awareness, oh, like even from what your business is doing, the awareness is out there it now. It absolutely has, and there are so many organisations. There's so much support that people can go to, mm. and um, I, I for one, am always open to people contacting me, and I know I've um, got numerous links and people that supported me, and I'm more than happy to share the places oh, and yeah. people that I've you know, seen along my journey and, and I will never stop learning as well. Mm. You know, I learn from him every day. Um, and I'm only one person, but I'm trying my best with him and, um, he's going through a rough patch at the moment. I think all kids towards the end of this year, um, Mm. particularly starting prep, they're tired Mm. and he's tired Mm. and he's good at school. And then he gets home and it's where it all you know, right. comes out yeah. and the meltdowns happen at home because I'm his safe person. He's at his safe place at home. Mm. And um, the repetitive repetitiveness with him is um, is quite hard at the moment. If something doesn't go a certain way in, in the right routine in his head, okay. that's really that's hard. To, yeah. yeah. So if he does repetitive behavior, that's almost his way of trying to get something back in control. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. He needs to do that a mm. certain way mm. in order for his brain to be like, I'm good. Mm. I can move on to the mm. next thing. But when it doesn't go that certain way, that that's something we're, we're really trying to do with at the moment for him. And um, school's been amazing. And I'm glad now that school's finished mm. so he can just have some downtime. Um, he finished yesterday at school. So he's at home relaxing today. Yeah. <laughs> Taking it all Beautiful. in. Yeah. How is it? How old is he now? So he's six, six. now. Yeah. yeah. And how old's Ryder? He's four. Yeah. So he'll be five in Feb. Yeah. So I I just want to touch on my little boy Ryder. He is just the the most beautiful little boy to William. He's yeah. just um, about to ask this question. Yeah. He 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 doesn't know any different. Mm. William is just his big brother Will. Mm. You know, but he he's. He's so wise for his years and he's been the one dragged around to all the appointments mm. and there's the guilt there for me that he was always dra- being dragged around and mm. he wasn't having his time with me because I was having to take him to William's therapy and, and, and all of William's appointments and that sort of thing. But he is such a good little brother for him, mm. you know. He, he understands when he needs to be left alone. Yeah. But he's there if he needs that oh. little brother to, to help him. And um, they both do gymnastics and they're going into the same class next year. And this year they were separate on a Saturday and a Tuesday. And I said to Ryder a couple of weeks ago, do you want to stay on a Tuesday or do you want to go on a Saturday with your brother, Will? And he turned around and he said to me, I want to. I want to go with Will next year because I want to help him. Oh. You know, and that just melted he's my poor. heart. Oh, and my yeah, goodness. he's just How gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful boy. And um, it's a credit yeah. to your parenting. Too, oh, thank you. Yeah, he's just. He's. Um, I mean, they argue and fight. As, of course. As, but he's. He. He knows just to leave him when he when he needs his mm. space and and he's there to support him when he needs mm. it. Yeah. So what's next for your family, for the business? Yeah, we've got big plans for next year. And, and, and in that is me organising my my whole world a bit too. You know, mm. this year's been a bit chaotic with kinder and school and William starting school is a mm. massive thing. And this year, the I think the last five years. Yeah, a bit <laughs> yeah. well, you. probably, yeah, yeah. If, if you think of it like that, yes. Um we want to keep designing these amazing sensory spaces mm. for kids, um, reaching 
everyone with our products mm. um, and share our journey still with everyone and share snippets of William's journey. As I said, um, we would love to open up the, the school readiness program again mm. um, in the future because we know that it's needed. Mm. Um, and for myself, just keep discovering more of what's out there and, and building more connections and um, speaking in front of people and sharing my journey I think is important too because um, I've had people when I'm speaking to them just really, really come up to me in tears saying, oh, thank you so much, you know, your your story has just touched mm. me and it's making me realise that I have a voice and yep. that, you know, I, I do maybe have things that, you know, can, can help others. Mm. So we... We just want to, we basically want to change the world in awareness, acceptance, kindness, and helping kids reach their fullest potential, you know. Um, Looking back on our journey and um, when William's old enough, he will understand, you know, he'll see his face all over the internet and that sort of thing. (laughs) Um, But it's all been because of him. Mm. And now we're just reaching so many others and it's just so exciting. Like I just, Mm. I'm excited to to see where it takes us. Yeah. It doesn't feel like work when it's that passionate. It it really doesn't. And when I was listening to, to your podcast, Ali, you sort of, you have to separate work and and time at home and that sort of thing. And, and it has been harder because we work from home yeah. and it's all at home. Um, but I love it because mm. the boys help us with the products mm. and, and they get in there and they're excited to do things as well. So um, next year there'll be a lot happening, um, building building our brand and building more awareness of, of what we're doing, absolutely, mm. and um, making sure that I... I'm a bit more organised too. Yeah. This year's been, you know, mm. full on. And, yeah. um, I feel like I've been in and out of the car a lot. I have a lot of, bit of a drive to William's school and, and riders, kinders, sort of random hours. Mm. So I'm going to um, ask for more help in terms of um, respite and organising William's NDIS plan a bit better with his therapist and that sort yeah. of thing. So mm. um, I'm just... Um, I'm, I'm excited Christmas is coming up mm-hmm. and we can just have some time at home and just yeah. relax and unwind. And recharge yes. the batteries. Yes, recharge the batteries. Yeah, yeah. I was going <laughs> to ask that because there's a lot of stuff that you're doing and absolutely phenomenal, absolutely <laughs> incredible. You. I just love it. Um, obviously, it's it's a, a lot's involved in it and it's sometimes when you're so like um, – you see how needed it is. Yeah. You're more than happy to put a lot into it because you're like, we've got to get this done. Like these messages, it's you just it just yes. has to happen. That sometimes you can just push yourself to an extreme. Absolutely. And it's funny, I think I was even driving here thinking about the fact that I thought I was busy with just my two boys. Yeah. You know, before we started William Ready. I have never worked so hard before <laughs> as what I do now. Yeah. And it is hard and I find myself going to bed later and then I wake up and I think, why did I go to bed so late? But I was just... <laughs> I talk about that. Same, one, yeah. of, one of my friends actually, Stacey, she listens to these podcasts. I'm going to get her on one day. Yeah. She put up a thing, a meme. It was months ago. It might have even been years ago. Yeah. I don't know. Well, like since I've had children, obviously, but it was like that challenge between like, okay, kids are in bed. Um, <laughs> it's late. I either go to bed now and I'll have a nice 
you know, night sleep and I'll wake up refreshed and, you know, the, the day will be a lot easier. <laughs> or, hang on a minute, that means I've got no time to do anything for myself. I could stay up late totally. and have like a couple of hours like binging Netflix <laughs> or reading a book or doing whatever so to have my own time. But I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel like crap. Yeah. And I always opt for the bloody stay up late one. And, and then, then you the wake up feeling like crap. It. It's like, Oh, and then you wake up again. Both. I know, I know. If we just woke up and not tired, that yeah. would be amazing. Yeah. But so. do you? So do you do stuff that you just for you? I there was probably the middle of this um, year. I wasn't, and I was just really feeling it. I love to exercise, so that's what I need to do. Go for a run, and that's why I've been listening to these awesome podcasts when I go for a run because the women that have been on this podcast already. I am inspired by, I like listening to people that bring me up and and by surrounding yourself with positive, positive people, I feel, um, just helps you in your journey so much. I I just really think there is just no time for negativity and negative people in your life. So I am, I I go for runs. I I just have that time out where I come back and I'm feeling a bit more refreshed and, um, away from, the craziness, yeah. you know, it's just me. Um, and I, I'm going to try and plan it better where I'm just like, this is what I'm doing this day. And this is what I'm doing that day. Yeah. And, and just plan it a little bit better rather than I'm just going to go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like yeah. I feel I, um, that's, that's probably what I do. And just catching up with friends and family, yeah. you know, just to separate again, mm. the craziness. Of you have to, work. right? Like I know it's just, called self care and I fully believe that, but for me, I was like, okay, well, I'll do self-care when it suits the family because yes. I've got to fit it in around that. So that's when I started to go, that's not working. Yeah. And started calling it selfish care. Yeah, I love and that. it's like, I have to be selfish right now. And I've got no shame in it because by being selfish, getting that time, whether that's like, yeah, mine was, yeah, I'm not a runner. I'm not that fit, but I try. <laughs> I know it makes me feel good, but just yep. going for an hour long walk. Oh, yeah. It started with that and listening in to a podcast. Air. Because the podcasts are so good because you switch off. You like do. when you listen to music, you can your mind's still thinking about a million yes. different things. Whereas yep. it's like I've got to pay attention, otherwise I'm gonna to have to rewind it and do yeah. this whole process again. And before again. you know, you're back within an hour. And it makes the exercise just, go so quick. Yeah. yeah. It's just so like, it's, wow, just done an hour. That's yeah, just amazing. Two birds, one stone. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. I think it's, if you do switch your mindset, if you, if it's someone listening that's struggling to try and fit self-care in, talk, t- tell it, t- call it selfish care. Exactly. Like, I'm I love being selfish care. right now and go, right, I've got, whether that's a partner or a, a, a grandparent or someone yes. or, you know, childcare, whatever that looks like for you to go, no, nah. because by going out and literally filling your cup, recharging your batteries, doing whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. when you take that time out, when you come back, it's you're a different person. Yeah, you're a better person. Yeah, you've yeah. got way more energy to <laughs> just keep going. And yeah, you, you have more energy and you just, you, you feel like you can smash your day. Get yeah. on with your day and, yeah. and, and you're like, yep, I'm, I'm totally all over this. And yeah. yeah, so that that's something that I like to do. And, um, and, I think my husband's been great in in this year. I think as well in in giving me the confidence to to not doubt myself so mm. much. You know, he he's like, you're so hard on yourself. Mm. You need to go and do this for you and have your time. But know what you've done in a day and be happy with it. Yeah. Don't think about the things you haven't oh, done. We always focus on the negatives. We, we do, yeah. So um, sometimes I do. I. I I have that guilt that I haven't done this and I haven't done that and I doubt myself on all these occasions and but then I think back that I've 
I've accomplished a lot, mm. you know, and, oh and we're just God. getting started, so which is just so yeah. good. Like, I'm excited. Do you know something? I've talked, um, you've listened to all the podcasts yeah. that we know about my mum coach, Andrea. Yes. Um, so she's all about gratitude, like expressing, expressing gratitude and looking at what you're grateful for and journaling. So that was something too, because I would always, I'm my harshest critic. We all are, I think. Totally. Um, and focus on the negatives. And she'd say, just get a journal. I've got a little notebook and I'll sometimes write if I'm struggling, you know, at a, of a night time. Yes. And I'll be like, okay, so just focus right now on everything you got to be grateful for. And it just can be as little as like, you know, I have a body that I can physically get up and walk around. Absolutely. You know, the sun shone today. Yes. Um, I was able to have the capacity. I've got my driver's license to drive, to drive. myself to the shop or anything so like that. True. And you just recognize what the small things are that are positive. And I think that that makes you more positive by yeah. writing it down and actually mm. looking at it. And it's something so simple. Yep. That is something I am going to do next year yeah a gratitude journal and, and there's research on that it helps reduce stress yes. and improve sleep and happiness and all that so yep. who, who doesn't want all of that oh yeah exactly <laughs> give me know? all those things so i'm going to start things. that with you too definitely Good. um because you think those things are little yeah but they're actually not yeah you know so i'm with change, you on that yeah, yeah. awesome <laughs> All right. Well, did you have? Is there anything else you want to get? I know there's a there's a lot there. There was just yes. so much to talk Sorry about. I've have we? A no, you haven't <laughs> rambled at all. I've said every uh, every episode takes the time that it needs to take. Yes. So as long yeah. as it's all about you, do you feel comfortable that you've said everything? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that um, I think with self discovery as well, and, and all of this, I just wanted to end on. Um, if, if you need that person, um, I can be that friend. If you're going through an early diagnosis, I can be that person that you need to speak with. I can help with passing on um, links and, and, and contacts and connections as well if you're a special needs mum. But also I think um, believe believe in yourself and know you're doing a good job. Mm. I just wanted to end on that. But um, I go through days of just it's all too much and it's all too hard, but you are only one person mm. and doing the best you can. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, well, I will get all the links. Yeah. I know that you're going to give some, I have some other information, but give me the links for William Reddy Absolutely. and whatever else I can put them all on your, um, on your episode. So Love that. thank you so much. Thanks, You're just incredible. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, thank you all the listeners. Um, this was episode six um it's christmas in the next few days which is so exciting so i'm going to take a break um if you haven't listened to all the other episodes good time to go back and go for a run or a walk um and listen to the rest of them i hope everyone has a beautiful beautiful christmas have a connected christmas with your loved ones um remember what it's all about try not to get stressed about you know how the Christmas ham turns out and all those things that really don't matter. It's just about catching up with family and spending good quality connected time. So I um, will have a little bit of a break, but I've got um, some really um, even more beautiful people coming up. So there's lots to look forward to for 2020. Thanks everyone for your support and love so far. It's been an incredible journey the last five, six weeks. It's sort of, I can't believe it's gone for that long. It feels like it's sort of been happening forever at the same time. I don't know, but um, yeah, I hope everyone has a wonderful Christmas and look forward to next year.